Welcome to day 233 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy uh, and David. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're continuing reading through the New Testament. Uh, we come to a, a book that not many of us read or not many of us you know, spend a whole lot of time uh, studying. It's mm-hmm. written by one of the brothers of Jesus. Jesus had four brothers that are mentioned in Scripture to have become very famous to us, or at least one, James, you know, his brother who wrote the book of James. And then we have Jude, who also was active in the early church, according to tradition, uh, and has written uh, this book. Uh, he tells us very early on this is not the book he wanted to write. He wanted to write something that was a little bit deeper and a little bit more, you know, theological in its uh, in its essence. You know, to contemplate, you know, the beauty of the gospel. But it's a strong warning, you know, much like Second Peter, mm. against the infiltration of false teachers and the impact that they can have not only on the purity of the gospel, but the conduct of God's people. And that's what mm-hmm. they're more interested in than anything else is the kind of lifestyle that issues out of the pure gospel uh, as opposed uh, to false gospels. So uh, as we read Jude, uh, we need to keep that in mind. Also, you'll find uh, Jude quoting some mm-hmm. pretty interesting Old Testament sources, uh, you know, books mm-hmm. that uh, Jewish people of his time would have read and would have been very familiar with not a part of the biblical canon, but uh, he uses these to illustrate you know, some deep truths about the message uh, that he has. So before we uh, read the book of Jude, let's offer ourselves to the Lord in this moment, to the Lord. David, do you mind leading us in prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we do ask that as we turn now to this letter from, from Jude, um, that we um, would be able to Look to it and be reminded uh, of what the true gospel is and what its call is on our life. And even as the Apostle Paul said, may we be a people who guard our life and our doctrine closely. And so, Father, may you convict us where we need conviction, um, encourage us where we need encouragement, and most of all, stir our affections uh, for Christ, um, for his church, um, for his mission in this world. So, Father, may you receive all the glory as we now turn to your word. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. 
Woe to them. They've taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for a prophet into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. These people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. They're clouds without rain, blown about by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They're wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts that they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and they flatter others for their own advantage. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ were told. They said to you, in the last times there'll be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for his mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you into eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. A nice, tightly written little book, a lot of images from the Old Testament, a lot of images you know, from uh, the Jewish you know, literature, mm-hmm. his concern is very much like Peter, not to let false teaching infiltrate. Mm-hmm. And of course, these people, rather than um, upholding the faith that for once and all has been handed mm-hmm. down to us, are using dreams and are using visions and are using distortions of the gospel and of grace to feed their own appetites and mm-hmm. to uh, cause others to fall into, into the same uh, sin. So what are some of the things that stand out as you read this nice little book of Jude? There's a couple of things. I mean, even just seeing Jude and, and seeing his, his heart for the church, his heart for the people of mm-hmm. God to write a letter like this, to warn them and to encourage them, it just obviously shows he he knew what the church was and he deeply desired for them to walk in faithful obedience. But even at the start, how he identifies himself. I mean, Jude, a servant of Jesus Isn't Christ. That great? And he doesn't even say, and a brother of Jesus. No, a brother of James. Like, he doesn't even, what a <laughs> humble man, you mm-hmm. know, that seemed to truly believe mm-hmm. in who his brother Jesus was and now he's like no I'm I'm not just his brother I'm, I'm his servant you know because he has truly believed in the resurrection of Christ and, and of course we're reminded in the in the gospels Jude like James rejected largely the claims of his older brother until after the resurrection mm-hmm. and you see you know a deep move from a rejection of who Jesus claimed to be uh, to a deep reverence you know I am his servant and we are, through God, being preserved and we are being kept for his honor and for him to look at his uh, older brother in that, in that light is certainly a convincing argument for the gospel yeah. in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And, and you get you know, the heart you know, of the teaching that he's contending with you know, in verse 4. Uh, he says, They are ungodly people uh, who pervert the grace of our Lord God into license for 
immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord. And of course, mm-hmm. they're, they're using the gospel to justify you know, a self-centered, self-indulgent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something we all have to be careful of, that we're quick to use the gospel to justify our lifestyle and to condemn the lifestyle of others. We're quick, mm-hmm. you know, to pick at specks in other people's mm-hmm. eyes and ignore, you know, the huge beams in our eyes. And realizing that the gospel challenges every one of our comfortable existences. Uh, it challenges us not to live for ourselves, but to live for Christ. And, of course, the heart of sin you know, is to be self-indulgent, to live for ourselves, and to live for personal fulfillment mm-hmm. rather than for the purposes uh, of God. And two, they're actually denying the cornerstone of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. Um, he tells us there in verse 4, who is our only sovereign and Lord. So they've they projected, you know, the gospel, or the, the bedrock of the gospel. Uh, well, will. they're rejecting what Christ came to do. Exactly. He came to rescue us mm-hmm. uh, from self-centered, self-indulgent living mm-hmm. in order to free us, you know, uh, to know God and to truly know him. And so we move from our own kingdom to, you know, to his kingdom. And when we live for ourselves, we certainly deny his lordship, as mm-hmm. Paul said. We're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, uh, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died and rose again. And so they they deny his lordship, and they also deny mm-hmm. the cross by their self-indulgent lifestyles. Now, as Jude, you know, begins talking, you know, he wants them to contend for the faith that was once and all entrusted to God's holy people. And, yeah. and we all have that tension as well to to not contend for the faith properly, you know, he he talks about kind of a mm-hmm. license, and and it mm-hmm. it's been said, you know, Jude doesn't obviously attack the theology of these uh, of these teachers, but it's their lifestyle that he's attacking. You know, they've mm-hmm. kind of said, oh, these aspects of the Christian life aren't as big of a deal. God has grace, but we can also go the other way, with kind of a legalism side of approaching, you know, the Christian faith of kind of adding to the Christian faith other things, where these people are obviously omitting things from the Christian life that. And so we all have those tensions, I think, of, of but he wants us to continue to know for the true and and the real faith, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, can, he seems to continue to point out, even through some of the examples, that these are people who reject authority and uh, heap abuse on celestial beings. So that's kind of <laughs> where that goes. I don't I completely understand. But. And, of course, he is... Uh, Drawing from an old, you know a period piece mm-hmm. you know called the you know Testament of Moses, right. which uh, is an imaginative you know envisionment of Moses' final moments, in which you know the archangel Michael is contending for the body of Moses, and of course uh, Satan is contending for the body of Moses with accusations. Mm-hmm. You know that Moses does not deserve to be in the presence mm-hmm. of God because of his failure to God, and then of course whenever uh, Michael confronts. The enemy, he doesn't confront him in his own strength. He confronts him in the power of the Lord rather than saying, I rebuke you. Mm-hmm. He said, the Lord rebuke you, right. which is a huge lesson for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we've been given power over the enemy, that is not our own power, and we don't stand in our power and in our strength. Uh, we stand in the power that is you know, given to us in Christ. And so we humbly you know, confront him in, in the power of Christ, not in our own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, we see in, in much of the sin and much of the examples he's pointing out is this kind of rejection of, of God's authority, of, of who God is and his mm-hmm. rightful place to rule over us, you know, obviously for his glory, but also our good and our joy. And, and we, too, run the risk of rejecting Jesus and, 
and his authority over our lives, his, his call denying on our lives. his sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that all the time. Yeah. And, you know, let's you know, let's be honest yeah. with ourselves. Yeah. Daily, you know, we're either you know we're either living with an enthroned Christ in our life or with an enthroned self in our life. And mm-hmm. uh, there are so many different ways of self-indulgence. You know, for us, some of us, it's academic achievement or athletic achievement or wealth or wisdom or you know all of these worldly, you know, kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though. We don't have, you know, sins are as severe maybe as some of these that we feel like are being described. Right. Uh, we we do we do indulge ourselves and we do have a, a battle, you know, for the throne of our lives. Of course, when you go to verse sixteen, that's what I was going to say. You know, you, you get something on a <laughs> yeah. more common level. Yeah, grumbling and fault finding. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. Not not only are they you know doing all these other fleshly things, but uh, part of the part of the fleshliness comes out in, in the fact that they they grumble. Mm-hmm. And they find fault, mm-hmm. you know, with others, you know, as well. And even their flattery is Boast to their own advantage. Yeah. yeah, they it's say like, nice things yeah, about you, not. but yeah, no, yeah. it's not. You know, it's not coming from a sincere heart. And then, of course, you get you know to the positive argument. You know, in verse twenty, mm-hmm. you know, what what are we to do as we're contending for the faith? You, dear friends, yeah. uh, but you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith, mm-hmm. praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And you know, what a beautiful building yourself up in the faith, uh, you know, through the Word of God, praying in the Holy Spirit um, as you engage with God, keeping yourself in God's love by walking mm-hmm. in obedience uh, with Him, and then uh, having a hope of eternity, not, not putting our hope in this moment, uh, you know, and having our best life now or the greatest riches now but seeing what is ahead of us and letting what is ahead of us color the way that we live Mm -hmm. in this moment you know for the grace of the lord and i do love in verse 24 how he kind of lays out just a beautiful doxology Mm -hmm. when he says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glory glorious presence without fault and with great joy i mean that that just says it all i mean um God is the one who is keeping us, and I deeply appreciate that. Paul does this as well, but you have to love the way, the yeah. way that he addresses God as our Savior, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's God working in Christ who has rescued us, mm-hmm. you know, from the you know, dominion of darkness to the yeah. only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and and, and forevermore. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in the same way we. Uh, in the same way we take on the enemy in his power, we also, you know, do those very things, you know, that he's called us to do. We build ourselves up in the faith. We pray in the spirit. Mm-hmm. We keep ourselves in, in God's love, and we set our hope on the future because of his power working in and through mm-hmm. us, which is, you know, the heart of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So the gospel is not a place we begin. It's a place we continue to turn to. We continue yeah. to repent, make a clean break with the past, and, and believe putting our hope and confidence in him rather than in ourselves yeah. fun little passage yeah. and of course there's a lot more here we could cover but as always we have 15 minutes cindy do you mind closing us with a word of prayer no i don't mind thank you <laughs> father we do thank you um that you are able to keep us from stumbling and that we can be presented before your glorious presence without fault and great joy because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, that is something that should both humble us and at the same time give us um, great joy in knowing that you've done this great work 
on our behalf through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.